here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to Stipulation, a TNA podcast for the week of August 28 on VoicesOfWrestling.com. My name is Dr. Nove. Joining me again for another episode of Wednesday Night Impact Review, our second episode of Wednesday Night Impact Review, is none other than Brian. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing well. Happy to be here. It's good to have you back on the show again. All right. Thanks. All right, so let's start off with, I guess, the big news for the company we review, TNA, who had their deal extended with Spike TV through the end of the year and maybe even just a sconch longer so long as they can land on their feet. But right now, it looks like TNA will be moving over to Velocity, Discovery's Velocity. Have you ever even seen Discovery's Velocity? No, I've never even heard of it. I, I In looking it up... After all of this, it seems like it's supposed to be a really nice channel. Like, it's supposed to be really it's awesome. It's like an HD channel. Yeah. It's it's all HD. But it's supposed to have, like, a whole bunch of really cool Discovery things, stuff on sure, it. Sure, but, but nice channels, I mean, really, in television, nice is viewers. Yeah, I know. Discovery uh, Velocity, I was about to call it Discovery Impact, doesn't necessarily have a lot of viewers. No. Well, the, here's the thing. I mean, they're still, right now, calling that the last... Uh, the 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 fallback backup plan. plan but now know? it's officially kind of out in the open which leads you to believe that there's maybe not a lot of other places if none other places right there might not be any wiggle room now for them the to be- fallback is now the final plan possibly and and a whole lot of internet po- probably um this company's not built for the internet world they're though. not but they're gonna have to try they're gonna have to put out things uh, a lot like they do their pay-per-views and things like that. They're going to have to put out like their... They have to rebuild the one-night-only brand if they're going to do that. But at this point, I mean, wrestling fans do not talk about those TNA one-night-onlys. If you no. go on to well, Reddit... Well, they've got a lot of them right now. Yeah, and they, they, they're they good. They're actually they're actually good product. It's just that, you know, you go on to you know wrestling Reddit, no one's talking about those one-night-only things. Right. They're not held up as like, oh, you should probably watch this. This is actually pretty good wrestling. And the funny part is, it usually is when they drop yeah. whatever week it's available, it's usually the best wrestling you watch that week unless like it happened to drop on like WrestleMania week or SummerSlam week. If you had to stand it up against Raw, especially this week's stinker of a Raw, I'd rather watch a one-night-only any week of the year yeah, than it, Raw. Most- as of right now, I believe they've got about four of them saved up. 
for whenever they're going to use them. You know, they and these have, are nice, but you can't build the brand on them, though. That's the other problem. It's like I love these. I think they're cool, and they. It's nice because it's all wrestling. It focuses on the wrestling. It focuses on telling rings in the re- or telling stories in the wrestling ring and setting them up a little bit with backstage promos, which is a time-tested classic formula for good wrestling product. Right, and and but you can't build a brand on that. You can't tell week in week out stories. And TNA, the product is certainly better than it was six to eight months ago. Certainly better than it was a, even a year ago when we were still kind of stuck in the aces and eights malaise, and Sting was still in the company. And the company has moved along, but storytelling still seems to be kind of weak with this company. Well, it is, but it at this point, if if they're gonna move on. And they're going to go to pay-per-views and uh, velocity and and, and stuff who's buying like that. these pay-per-views? Uh, somebody, uh, who's buying these pay-per-views? They're going to have to market. They they do right around. I think they do less numbers than Ring of Honor. The I one thing I don't have I, them up, but Ring of Honor doesn't do killer numbers on internet pay-per-views. I think it's under ten k, and TNA doesn't even get close. I think they get like two to three k. The one thing that I will say that I, I you can ne- not really blame. Um, Impact Wrestling or TNA for is the fact that Spike never pushed them. They never really marketed. But that's true. They they did. It was just a few years ago. It's not like this year they didn't really push them. It, if you're going to say in the last 24 months they didn't really push them, that's true. But yeah. they did back well, when they tried to go up against Raw. They Spike well, tried. Well, even whenever they did that, that was a half-hearted attempt. It, it didn't seem like they no, were really... They were they were out for blood, because remember, WWE was on Spike TV. They brought in Impact, and Spike wanted to go to war with WWE for a little while there. They, I mean, it wasn't like they weren't in it to win it like Vince is, because it's his livelihood, and Spike is a network that is run by corporate suits who do not have... Don't view themselves as wrestling promoters. They view themselves as network executives. But if you could consistently just put out a decent marketing plan for a product that's bringing in the biggest numbers on your network. It just seems like uh, that's all. If, if I were a TNA executive, that's all I would be asking for. Like all you need to do is just, you know, Hey, mention with bar rescue and all this other stuff that you have, you know, your cops a thon, Hey, at the end of that, guess what? We have TNA Impact Wrestling, and we're going to have blah, blah, blah. They don't even really push. I don't think I, I see, like, a couple of commercials a week. I, I mean, it, it's really... You go to USA, and you're going to see... See, this is where my knowledge... Although I watch a lot of TV for my job, I don't actually have nor have I had cable or any sort of actual real television well, in my house in, right, but the, in the years. Big, the biggest difference is, like, you go to USA and you're going to see about a thousand commercials in a week for Raw, just for sure, Raw. Sure, sure. They push, they push you Raw. You do that, you go to Spike and you'll see a thousand commercials, but they're going to be for, like, Bar Rescue, for Cops, for all the other things that are on Spike, and you'll see, like, two or three for TNA Wrestling when it's arguably the... It's the strongest drawer, but at the same time, I don't feel like when you watch TNA, even these shows in New York, which have been good shows, they still are kind of narratively all over the place and not paced, not paced like something that you could bring an outsider into. And they would, none of these shows that we have reviewed in the last six weeks have been things that I could show someone who has never really watched wrestling, but maybe would be open to watching wrestling. 
they aren't shows that I could say, oh, watch these. These will get you hooked and these will make you a wrestling fan. They've been good. As someone who likes wrestling, I like them. Or like you know, they've been above average or strong enough. I mean, I actually enjoy the TNA product a lot more than the WWE product right now. I don't know about that. I I, I that's am just my optimistic about the John Cena storyline, even despite this week and the failures of Monday Night. But uh, I, I think that WWE has some room to grow, and I love the stuff they're doing with Brock Lesnar right now. Right. Well. I... I just think consistently, like match match per match, if you put them up against each other, I would rather see the TNA, pro, the TNA product most of the time. But uh, neither perhaps, here nor perhaps. there. Yeah, it's neither here nor there. Yeah. Who? I mean, what? What do they do now? I, I mean, we're sitting here barking at the problems of it. This but like, honestly, what do you do? Probably dies now. <laughs> this is the first week that I've actually felt. Like TNA's days are really numbered. I mean, there have been people. If you go back two years, there or you go back five years, people have been saying TNA is going to die. But I'll tell you what, this thing, this company was always standing on two legs. It was standing on a Spike TV deal and a Panda Energy influence Money. of cash. Right. Though that influx of cash, that infusion of cash, and the Spike TV deal are the two pillars with which this company has stood on. Now one of those pillars is gone. And Panda Energy Cash is not going to be enough to well, keep your company afloat. It doesn't mean anything if you don't have somebody to accept the cash. Well, well and how are you going to build the viewership if you don't have a place to be viewed? Right. This is a you know this wrestling is a product that needs to be viewed. Well, it's entertainment, You're, right? And your kids, the kids. The reason I keep saying the kids is because you need to get kids into wrestling, right? We became you and I became wrestling fans as kids. Yeah, we, you know, I had a I can point back to the first time I saw WCW Saturday Night and my friend who made me watch WCW Saturday Night. I was in third grade and we watched Saturday Night and it was the shit. But that's the point being. That's when you get into wrestling. Like yeah. you, so it has to be on TV. It can't be like a oh, I go on to vidstream.eu or .tv or you know, I search where, through Google and find you know, a web stream of this thing. Yeah, That's where, wherever it may be. If you're doing that to watch wrestling, you're already a wrestling fan. So right. that's not how you're going to build new fans. You have to build new fans by having a TV deal and who's going to I I don't don't get me wrong I think it's good that you would make your kid watch the Discovery Channel I if like I had a kid I would want them to watch nature documentaries and other random shit like that too feed your brain I love documentaries No yeah, yeah. knowledge is power yada 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 but like yeah that's, but that's not going to I mean how many people were parking their kid in front of Discovery HD or uh, Discovery Velocity, Velocity HD, HD all day. I'm I, guessing. I'm guessing that this network has about fifty thousand regular viewers. CNN, CNN sad. has less than one million regular viewers. Right. Yeah. Like the cable news, by and in large, doesn't do very good numbers, and, and so it is all downhill from there. You talk, and then you go into the HD thing, so people have to have HD TVs. So now we've entered into a socioeconomic thing where there are a lot of people, primarily poor people, who don't have HD TVs. Right. So how the hell are poor people? You know, let's. I don't want to get too deep into it, but wrestling fans tend to trend a little lower on the socioeconomic scale. Well, you're now cutting out a big portion of them. Anyone who's watching on a standard television, like I was. 
up until about a year ago, a Christmas, my parents bought me an HD TV, and I wouldn't, <laughs> right. I wouldn't have gotten myself this. So who knows how long it would have been? Right. We would right. have probably just ended up buying another big screen and having to pick it up from a dubious character like that one time. Oh no, that that's was, a story for another day. That's a story for another day. But the point being, so how am I supposed to watch TNA Impact? And how is you're just culling your audience? You're you're lopping off chunks of it at a time that you can't be losing anyone from the ship. You need to be adding people onto this ship having a television deal is really key for that and it seems like tna is a far ways away from having a television deal man there's a part of me that just hopes that the whole thing is just a huge work you know and <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and they're just like a huge work we've we've actually had this 10-year deal the whole time with spike and we just you know we're doing this just it's a whole work we're, we're going to bring the new, in... The new heel is the network. Yeah. I think WCW tried that towards the end of their run. You know what? I don't know, man. I, but there is a part of me that just kind of hopes that, because I really do enjoy watching the, the TNA product, the recent TNA product. It's not bad. I mean, it, it really isn't bad. Not bad would be my general grade for this week's episode. The... the yeah. 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 Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. I mean, we had a main event match that should have been epic. It was about 11 minutes. It was an exciting and good and energetic and way above average 11 minutes. Yeah, no, it was an amazing It was a match. way it's, it's above a average 11 minutes. Yeah. No doubt. But when I tell you Hardys, Wolves, Dudleys, or Teams 3D, and I tell you the runtime of about 12 minutes, I get it, it's a series, I get that we're going to see a lot of these guys going out here, but this first one, I would have liked this first one to have felt a little bit more special. You want to uh, get into Impact? Um, Is there any other major news? Dewey Barnes got cut. I'm upset yeah. about this. We finally let go of perennial jobber and guy who actually worked at the live stand, live merchandise stand, yeah. Dewey Barnes. It's basically all of the live people, it seems like. All the people that have to do with the live product that they were putting out have been being fired or let go, um, leading me to believe that there is not going to be much more live product, which was really this something that I thought the they were way. striving towards. Yeah. Yeah, they're striving towards doing more often, and now they're not going to do it at all. I, ODB got cut. ODB's she's, gone. She's gone. Yeah. At a time, Brittany, we we haven't really talked about her. I don't have any like inside news or anything, but Brittany is AWOL. No sign of Brittany. Yeah, I haven't seen her in I a while. I haven't seen Brittany ever since she turned lesbian slash heel. I mean, there's a lot of... I mean, if we wanted to get into cuts and stuff like that, I mean, Velvet Sky may or may not be cut. Bully Ray um, certainly is. Bully Ray, it, and that hurts. They're that, not that's a renewing lump. that one evidently at all. Um, there's uh, hopefully also the Wolves least... coming up. There's the Hardys or and Jeff Hardy the coming getting up. injured. There's yeah, Davy. Uh, evidently, is he's going to be. I always get him. It yeah, no, Davey. it's, it's, it's Davy. It's Davy. He, he's going to be fine before the next recordings. Though. Okay, so it's. That one's probably not going to be huge. But they need to at least get Bully some sort of short-term deal to do a show so that they can have a match. Yeah. Yeah, there's evidently some storyline issues and stuff like that, too. So, I, I don't know, man. Um, there's also the... Um, uh, my heart goes out to, uh, I guess, Jake the Snake oh, right man. now. He's being hospitalized. 
Yeah, at the time of recording right now, Jake is in and out of comas with a double pneumonia and a mass on his brain, and we wish him a speedy recovery and nothing but the best. I one of can't my say an, I one can't of say my favorite wrestlers yeah. ever, ever, ever. He was one of the people in the very beginning that piqued my interest in wrestling. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, there's like a good. I'm sure you could find it wherever you want to find it. But there's good little top tens of promos of uh, Jake the Snake, and I watched one earlier that was amazing. It was like seven minutes long, just showed like a good little top ten of uh, him just knocking promos out of the park. Let's get straight into Impact. So last week, for those of you who don't remember, we had a photo finish. And I say a photo finish because apparently live, Eric Young very clearly put his feet down before Bobby Roode did. Yeah. So we turned it into a photo finish. And the, the whole angle is essentially the Bret Hart, Lex Luger, both feet touch the ground at the same time storyline. Right. And the obvious, obvious storyline from that is we're going to have a match between EY and... Uh, Bobby Roode, right, to figure out you know who's the better man and who deserves to have the number one challenger, you know, uh, number one challenger. And, and Kurt Angle is here to tell us who the number one contender is going to be, and he announces the card for the rest of the night, and then he says that when he knows who the number one contender is, because he's going to meet with Bobby Roode and Eric Young, he's going to tell us what the hell did Kurt Angle do all week. Kurt Angle had seven days. He could have reviewed the tape. He could have went back there, talked to the refs. He could have met with Bobby Roode and Eric Young before now. You would think that Bobby Roode and Eric Young would have given enough of a shit that they would have met with Kurt Angle during the week. I had a thought on this. Sure. And, and let me know what you think. I, I could be totally off. Okay. Uh, but I'm thinking this... Okay, now bear with me. This taping was the second group of tapings... From New York. This was the first of the second group of tapings. Therefore, meaning that the six-man uh, cage match that we watched was the last taping mm-hmm. of in New York, which would put a large space between these two, right? I think so. Okay. I think so. Okay, so stay with me. I am. Um, is that is this the reason that we made, that we skipped those tapings? You understand where I'm coming from? Because they messed up and EY hit first, right? right? And it was obvious to that audience. Therefore, if they tried to just go straight over into Bethlehem, Pennsylvania the next week after hearing, because that news, if you want to find it, is there. And, and it's real easy to, they couldn't just jump right into that again. So they made those one night onlys and then went back to New York and did this six man. Wow, that's heady. You know where I'm coming I, I don't, from? Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, uh, that they just realized that they had soured the well with the crowd. So we're just going to walk this, away from it for a while and come back always, later. always the risk with doing these shows and running yeah. this crowd over and over and over again. Yeah. If you fuck up, you're stuck there for three or four more nights, and then you have to you know, figure out how you're doing it. That could very well be it. I don't know. I mean, I just sort of chalk this up to weird writing. This whole Eric Young and Bobby Roode thing will continue a little later on. And right. I, I don't hate it. Um, it's just funny to hear. This is like the only time that you'll hear people go, we're going to have a match next week. And the crowd erupts because they know that they're going to be there because it's going to happen in just a little while for them. It's going to be about six hours for them, maybe. You, you know, <laughs> Actually, maybe I, less. I take, you know what? I take that back. Um, if you watch WWE Main Event, which you can watch on the network for only... 
Uh, it's somewhere around ten bucks. Seven dollars and forty-two. Thirteen twelve. No, eighteen twelve. Eighteen twelve. That's a war. That's a war. Okay. Anyways, if you watch main event, they will announce things for SmackDown, and the crowd will be very excited, which you would not be, except that like if, you know they're doing main event, which is on ostensibly on Tuesday, and SmackDown's on Friday, except that we all know that SmackDown and main event are being taped at the same time. Right. So the crowd will get very excited for a thing that will be happening on Friday that they're not supposed to be there for, but they actually are, in fact, going to be there for. This crowd gets excited for that as well. Angle announced the card. Lashley comes out with MVP and Kenny King. And MVP is just cutting a promo about how Lashley is the king of New York. And... Calls New York people trash. And I love MVP I, heel talk. MVP heel is good. He, I, I, he nails his promos it. can go on for a very long time. He goes on at one point and he's. I don't. It, he says things that are weird and I don't understand them and I just go with it because he says something about like if I called the cops out here, the New York cops out here, they would have you all in chokeholds and then you'd be scared. Or something weird like that. That's a stop and frisk thing, I think. I think that's a that's a classic right. stop and frisk joke. They love those and, in and, New York City. And then he tells them that y'all would be flatter than Miley Cyrus's ass. Yeah, that's and, good. That was good. I'm just, I'm like, what? I don't know what you mean by that or where you were going, but... Well, like, they'd be Thank on the you. ground, like, because they'd be getting stopped. And I think it was a stop and frisk joke. Yeah, I, I think uh, it maybe. was. I think it was a New York cops are kind of rough and kind of brutal, and they hate minorities, yeah. and stop and frisk. Yeah. Anyways, Tommy Dreamer comes out. I'm laughing because I'm still picturing in my head that screen freeze that you and I saw of Tommy Dreamer making like a, like a blown up face. And Tommy Dreamer mid It summed up the whole thing it, it just in one up face. Dreamer. Actually, the, the thing we were watching last night had some technical issues or whatever. And there was a lot of jumping and skipping. But sometimes yeah. it was actually pretty funny. Um, Tommy Dreamer comes out and tries to reason with people in his Tommy Dreamer way. Look, if you've fucking seen him talk to Dixie, you saw this. You, you didn't see it, but you did see it. It's Tommy Dreamer. This time he's not in Twitter pants. This time he's not in a House of Hardcore shirt. This time he's in an ill-fitting generic black t-shirt that looks like he's fresh out of a pizza kitchen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and... Tommy Dreamer is there and loves New York, and he's from New York, and maybe Dreamer's the real king of New York. Guess what? He's not. Match for the king of New York title. Yeah, something. It's a New York street fight, but that's basically no, what it this comes. Is, this is a match to decide king who is truly the king of New York. Because it's not Christopher Walken. It's I guess. not Christopher Walken. Oh. Not anymore. That was back in the nineties. This is a new decade, man. Oh. This is a very new decade. Your world champion Bobby Lashley opens up the show against Tommy Dreamer in a garbage trash match, and there is a nasty belly to belly of Dreamer onto the ramp where Dreamer lands, like, with his back on, like, at a diagonal angle on the ramp. It looked really Right rough. on the edge of the ramp. Oh, it looked rough. Yeah, he took a, he, yeah, that was, because, that was here's a pretty the thing, big Lashley doesn't even, he doesn't even do it like a belly-to-belly. He does it more, because he does like a belly-to-belly throw. Yeah. It's not even like a belly-to-belly suplex, no, because no, no, he no. does this way of, like. It's an overhead belly-to-belly, a la. Like Scott Steiner used to kind of do yeah, that. Yeah, kind he's of. A lot of big guy. I mean, he's not the only. Yeah, guy, it's yeah. it's definitely one of those big guy things where you sure. can generate You're a lot to show of. Trying that you can throw them over your head. Yeah, you generate a lot of torque, but like Lashley throws you far when he does it, and and he chunked. 
he chunked the hell out of Dreamer right into the ramp. It was awful. So that was cool. Uh, there was points outside. I actually liked Bobby Lashley's facial work and just yeah. a little bit of his shit talk work. Lashley is good. Very underrated. Uh, however, Lashley does still make missteps. We get a bear hug spot, and I just... Bear hugs are lame. Bear hugs are lame. And it just it just doesn't... I, it doesn't do it for me. I, I, if I never see another bear hug again, I'm good. And maybe that's just a personal pet peeve. I just, I don't buy the psychology of someone's grip being so strong that you wouldn't just start punching them and hitting them with everything you've got. I hear you. I, it just doesn't work. I for me. am to cheese grater as you are to bear hug. I, I don't like I, cheese I grater it. either. Yeah, you know, cheese grater is another one that if I never see again, it's like the first time I saw a cheese grater when I was a kid. It's still I'm like, what is this? The three fucking stooges? Yeah, I was already it, done with it when. It yeah, came it was. It never. It was never good to me. Uh, Here's a couple of the questions that I have. Sure. Um, one, if you're dreamer, mm-hmm. and this was the problem that I had with EY. Whenever EY was having his problems with MVP, mm-hmm. um, and he would come out every week, and he just to me looked like an idiot rushing the rushing three big guys. Dreamer didn't look much smarter. Dream exactly. <laughs> Dreamer comes walking out shorthanded, and he has buddies. He has He's got friends. all of these ECW he has buddies friends who show up later. Where are the Dudleys to back up Dreamer? Where's Rhino at this point? He's made a turn. Well, he, he should be your Rhino, buddy. No, 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 not necessarily. Here's the deal. Let's consider the Rhino position because the, 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 I don't want to. We're jumping a little ahead, but I'm, right, I'm fine with. But no, I'm, I'm just fine saying with there's let's a lot talk, of options. Let's talk about the Rhino. Here's why that doesn't work. Rhino sold all of his baby face, baby face ECW friends down the fucking river to side up with EC3, who was a heel, and then eventually blames Rhino for his aunt right. going through a table. That doesn't make me sympathetic to Rhino. No. Rhino's still a turncoat. Right. So I don't think that I don't blame EC. I don't wouldn't expect Tommy Dreamer in our world of kayfabe. To want to be hanging out with Rhino. No, I understand yeah. that, but at the same time, I wouldn't be amazed if they were like, "Oh, hey man, EC Dub for life" or something like that, and everything something was forgiven. Like that. I wouldn't be amazed at that. But but either way, no, he didn't bring anybody. Yeah, out. no and friends. He, he goes none, into none this. Friends. He goes into this short-handed. No, yeah, no. Two of the Blu-ray. best in the entire and two of the best in TNA business. In MVP and Lashley. Well, MVP's still on the recovery trail. It's kind of the way he's being uh, okay. used on television. I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know how he went about repairing his meniscus. Right. So I, I don't know if he, you know, if he like got it sewn up and like sewn together. That would be a longer recovery time. If he got snipped, it'd be a shorter recovery time. Right. I don't want to go down that road. I think we did that on another episode. But they, but they also, and, and then Kenny yeah, King's in using, there, too. They have Lashley booked one. like a monster. And it is three-on-one. And Tommy Dreamer has his Singapore cane and sort of uses the Singapore cane. Like, he doesn't really try to go. At one point, he tries to go after Kenny King and then doesn't really. And it doesn't make any sense when he should be going after Kenny King. But Tommy Dreamer also like was like, Kenny, you're from New York. You you're from Queens. Place. You're from Queens. I do like that they had King from uh, Queens. That's, uh, that's funny to the me. The King of Queens. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, and, and also... Uh, and so then we get... Let's talk about the finish of the match. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that that's kind of the interesting part. And I think... And it continues to tell a story that... 
they've been doing as a long form as a long form booking, which is crazy because TNA is dropping storylines and is going to have to do all this retcon stuff that is going to be real gross to watch. But the story that they have consistently told for months now is Bobby Lashley wants to win clean. He wants to be the best. He has this babyface tendency in him. He wants to be the fucking champion, for sure. He's a bad man, and he knows it, for sure. But Bobby Lashley wants to win clean. He doesn't yeah. want the help of his henchmen. He doesn't want MVP's help. He wants to do it himself. Kenny King gets on the ring the first time, and Bobby Lashley has this look on his face of like, no, nah, man, get out of here. Get out of here. I got this. I got yeah, he does this. a little hand raise. Gives yeah. him a little hand raise, like, hey, man, I got this. I don't need you. And then, and then he... And then Kenny King actually ends up fucking up and kind of putting Bobby Lashley in a slightly worse predicament. Right. Almost like Dreamer was But he takes a spear for it. So, I mean... Yeah, Kenny King takes a spear for his trouble. So we're setting the table for the dissolution of... MLK, which I think we saw coming. Right. The the longevity of MLK is always going to be contingent upon MVP's health. Because once MVP gets healthy, he is going to betray Lashley and we are in a Right. The right ripples in. have been set in the water already. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. And right. I, I think that they're doing... The knee injury to MVP in a weird way has been a huge blessing to them because it has not allowed TNA to fall into its narrative storytelling trappings that it naturally wants to go into because it can't. Right, yeah. yeah they can't. Yeah, you're just screwed. hot shot this MVP Bobby Lashley storyline. Right. They have to tell it over a matter of months. And so it's been quite good. I, I think that, again, the dividends of Bobby Lashley's bookings continue to show. And it makes matches with him feel special. I think he was good. This was not a good match. It wasn't. It wasn't a Tommy Dreamer match, match, man. Tommy Dreamer. Well, Tommy Dreamer doesn't belong in there with Bobby Lashley. For and the biggest reason is what you were just saying. Lashley wins normally, or well, always wins in a clean sort of fashion, and he's not going to go into a match in a hardcore trash trash match. He's not going to hardcore you. Um, Well, here I got a better reason why this match doesn't make any fucking sense. Because Bobby Lashley isn't just giving away title shots. You have to become number one contender. Yeah. Let's see the last segment. Right. So apparently Tommy Dreamer this can come out here. This should have been at the most Dreamer and Kenny King. It, yeah, right. Or Yeah, exactly. Or like Dreamer and Kenny King and MVP in a handicap match. Yeah, possibly. Maybe. That would have made, made sense. But it, this, this in and of itself did not make sense. So let us continue on... Madison Rain is backstage. She talks and, you know, begins to show subtle heelish tendencies that we will see carried on through the evening here. Yeah, she's tired of everybody talking about Taryn. Taryn. Everyone's talking about Taryn Terrell. That's yeah, because he's number one. Me, me, me. You know, no one's talking about Madison Rain because Madison Rain's matches are very, tired. very average <laughs> schwang wang wang then we get gunner and shaw this is <laughs> you know what i love this is the segment that you and i have spent the most time rewatching. <laughs> this like we watched we watched the main event twice but we went back and we really parsed through the gunner and shaw stuff <laughs> it was actually worth it i caught stuff that i didn't catch the first time yeah so let me set this up gunner is chilling out in his hotel room. Sam Shaw asked if he could come over to sketch the New York City skyline. Basically. Gunner says, sure, that would be cool. 
And so now we are, we arrive in our scene with Gunner and Shaw chilling out. Shaw's working on the skyline. Gunner has his military fatigues out because he's got this thing with the Wounded Wars. He kind of gets mealy-mouthed in there describing what exactly he's doing. But it's for this Chris Melendez debut that we're going to get later on tonight. So they actually do a nice job threading all of this shit together, although... Or is it? So <laughs> early... Yeah, well, yeah, the, we can get to that. Yeah. So, but theoretically, there was a plan that they didn't stick with that would involve Gunner being out there, and he had his military fatigues, and he's an Iraq War veteran, and so is Melendez. That's cool. Shaw goes, why do you have those camo? Gunner goes, oh, it's because I've got this wounded warrior thing later on tonight. Then... Gunner comes over, and this is why we had to rewatch it. Gunner comes over, and we move into ambiguously gay Gunner, where Gunner is very, very into Sam Shaw's artistic ability, and he can't draw. He's no good at drawing. And then he puts his hand and his fingers behind his neck and starts playing with the nape of his neckline and his hair. And he wishes he was a good drawer like Gunner, or that like Sam Shaw was. Yeah. yeah, but he only draws stick figures. He can only draw. He can stick only draw figures. stick figures mm-hmm. as far as he can go. But you're really good, Sam. Anyways, he's got to go downstairs. Yeah, before all that happens, he gets a text. Yeah. He is dodgy ah. about who the text is. It's and just it's my buddy. It's just, it's my, just buddy. my buddy. It's just my buddy. Is is it Anderson? Is it Anderson? Which presumably it was. Uh, well, if the Melendez thing was booked a little more logically, I'm, I, my assumption would be that it was Anderson trying to get a hold of Gunner to perhaps talk about the Melendez thing later on that would be happening later on in the day for them because this was booked as earlier today. Right. Yes. Yes, it was. So, anyways, he leaves. He sort of plays shady with Shaw. He goes, I'm going to go down and get some drinks and some beer. Do you want to come with me? And... Sam Shaw, who is mentally unstable, says, no, it would probably be not a good idea for me to get drinks. I'm just going to stay down here. I'm just going to stay here. I'm really into this sketching thing. I'm sketching, and also I'm mentally unstable and probably on, presumably, on a bunch of medication because I wasn't in an insane asylum. So anyways... This this segment's so ridiculous. Well, and this is the this is just the beginning. Yeah, I know. This is the, the craziest part. Yeah. So we end the scene with Shaw staring at Gunner's military uniform. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Yeah. We cut to Madison Rain versus Taryn Terrell, which this match is about establishing Madison's heel turn. And this, when I talk about telling stories in the ring, this is exactly how I like stories told in the ring. Now, the actual execution of the match left a lot to be desired. I didn't think the work was great, but the booking of this match was excellent. Taryn and Madison come out. Madison and Taryn offers to shake Madison's hand. Madison gives a clean shake. So there's a clean shake at the start of the match. Madison is a baby face. Even though we've kind of heard, you know, Madison's a little antsy. Through a series of near falls, we start off with a bunch of near falls, and some of them are kind of clunkier than others. Right. But the whole point of all those near falls is to establish frustration on Madison's part, and Madison, in that moment of frustration, facing the challenge of a formidable foe in Taryn Terrell, decides that the way she is going to win is by taking the low road. Right. Eventually, we get to Madison using the ropes. Now, and also taking advantage, there's, there's two moments here where we see the Madison heel turn really being established. 
Taryn Terrell goes for a big body splash from the apron to the outside, and Madison kind of lets her take it, and she spills out onto the floor. Madison could have won by countout, but did not win by countout. She decided that, then kind of like looked at Taryn with some concern. But I, could, it was a really weird and moment, then pressed to be honest the attack. with you. That was kind of weird and clunky. It was a really awkward moment that where was she's clunky. sitting there staring at Taryn Terrell with concern. But and her former president know. would have called that a decision point. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. A decision point. Decision point. <laughs> He's the, she's, <laughs> she's the decider. So, Madison decides to throw Taryn Terrell back into the ring. The match continues. We have more near falls and a very sort of 50-50 thing. We go a little strong style. Female strong style for yeah. a minute there. A lot, of, a lot of clotheslines. A few of them from Taryn looked a bit rough. There was one that looked like it caught Madison pretty squarely under the jaw, and then there was another one that looked like it caught Madison pretty squarely on the top of the forehead. <laughs> and it could have just been good camera coverage. Yeah, but... Those- Honestly, it looked like both of these... Both of these ladies, at, even at the beginning of the match, came in tired, maybe? I don't or know. Taryn, Taryn didn't move... Wasn't moving well. Um, and I've seen her move well. But Madison... I've seen Madison move Madison, well. Madison, to me, the gears shifted somewhere in the middle of this match. And we went from being in second gear, and we shifted down to barely... The car's barely fucking moving towards the end of this match. So what happens, and this is where I thought things got curious, is... They're having a sequence, and it's not going like they're going off the ropes and stuff, and things are just not very fluid. It's like they're missing spots. I, I mean, again, I don't know. I don't know what the game plan was, but stuff just didn't look very natural. It looked clunky. And then eventually, Taryn Terrell kicks Madison in the gut and runs for a swinging neckbreaker that has some serious torque on the body and instead of Madison's body sort of spinning all at once so that she goes from a kind of hunched over position to on her back we instead sort of cascade with Madison's neck going first then her shoulders go then her hips go and it there's like a real screw motion to it and after this Taryn Terrell goes for a pin and Madison's kick out from that pin is like nothing yeah, it, it is. It is it is like she is completely in on autopilot? There is. She just kind of raises her arm. Nearly lifeless. Nearly lifeless. And Stifler proceeds to look fairly concerned about Madison and checks on Madison. He actually does go over and check on Madison. But when we rewatched this match too because it was right after the Gunner and Shaw match. We couldn't get an, or the Gunner and Shaw backstage thing. We just couldn't get enough of. But rewatching this, Stifler really does look concerned. He says something to Madison, and I don't know if the lights were on for the rest of this match with Madison because her work, her work, she the, was wandering. It was all over she the place. She was wandering around. So the it second like. key spot in this match, in the story of this match, was supposed to be Madison using the ropes. But dude, she puts her feet up on the ropes, and Stifler is in such a position that like he can't help but like just immediately st- he can't even do a count on the ropes thing, right? Because Madison just like goes into the corner and like puts her feet up on the ropes, yeah. And Stifler is like right within visual line sight of it. I mean, you know, this is TNA. This is the company where Earl Hepper takes a phantom bump, but at the same time, there's lim- there's bounds of reason and. Madison just didn't look right. So I'm not going to... I don't want to come down hard on her or anything 
like this, but it's just this match got clunky. The point Mason being, sucks. Madison Rain sucks. Eventually, <laughs> no, I don't I'll come so. down hard on her. I don't Dude, care. I don't good, like her. Good God. <laughs> good God. I do not like I, her. I, I think She's that, the next one to go, man. She's the next one to go. Well, who knows? I, she has a very catchy theme song. I don't care. She has a very, very catchy theme song. Uh, the uh, catchy theme song will get you a lot further in, in careers than people think. It'll get you catching a Taryn Terrell stunner. Ace Crusher. Yeah. Yeah, like the, 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 a TKO. A yeah. Ter- yeah, yeah. It's Terrence, actually yeah. Yeah, the Ace Crusher slash TKO. It's not, not a stunner because she, she doesn't sit out on it. She uh, goes eh. flat back like, like an Ace Crusher or Diamond yeah. Cutter or... Uh, yeah, more Diamond Cuttery, I guess. Yeah, or actually more RKOE because when I was watching it, she only uses that one arm. She doesn't actually like. She doesn't do the two hand cutter. She it, just gets the it's one. It's just the one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it, uh, here's here's a, a a big question. Here's a a you know. Something let's get to think meta. About. Yeah. At the beginning of this match, there was a, a final promo um, letting us know that next week we're gonna finally have Jessica Havoc. That's right. right. Okay, so this was for number one contender, and at, next week there's supposed to be a match with Gail Kim. Now, it's supposed to be Taryn Terrell, Gail Kim for the championship. You're also debuting Jessica Havoc the same week. Mm-hmm. Is it? Do you, are you? I'm thinking hijinks. What are I, you thinking? Ooh, that's interesting. I, I mean, we without seeing the spoilers or anything, I haven't checked it, any spoilers no, it, on this. It would make. Some sense to have Havoc just come out there and smash both of them. Yeah, just dominate them. But I, don't I know, actually though. almost kind of think that what will happen is Gail Kim wins clean next week, and that will set up a program for Havoc. We don't know if Possibly. she's coming. We don't know if she's coming in as a face or a heel. Madison Rain is turning heel, so that opens up some new possibilities there. And Havoc honestly could work probably on either side of the card. Yeah, it, just with who's available, who's a face. Like Taryn's a strong face. You know, Taryn's going to be a face. Yeah, Gail is, especially if Madison's going heel. Gail is probably staying face for a while here. Probably, but theoretically, you don't actually need any more than two faces. So you could have all. You could have the beautiful people. You could have heel Madison. You could have Jessica Havoc, and so you have you know the four heel girls and then the two baby face girls. Yeah, and Brooke Tessmacher with whatever she's doing with the company. Uh, yeah, we'll see about she, they're, that. They're, her, um, her and Bully are friends. Her and Bully are friends. They're friends. Yeah. They're friends. Well. They hugged it out. Okay. You remember? No. You don't remember that? This is like a few, uh, like like um, like a month ago or two months ago. Oh, oh, Tess, yeah. Yeah, Brooke, yeah, where um, EC3 brought out Brooke and said that he had the, he had, they had like a Maury Povich thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I remember. You blacked it out, but that's okay. That's okay. We cut backstage, or we cut back to earlier today, because TNA and Time, they have a weird relationship with it. We go back to earlier today. Sam Shaw has now dressed up as a military man. He's dressed up in Gunner's military physiques, much to the anger of Gunner, who says, you take it off, or I'm going to make you take it off. More homoeroticism. More homoeroticism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's the route that I'm going with this, but oh my goodness, is it weird? What what are we saying here? I mean, what is the dude? What's I don't, the payoff on this? I, because I don't they know. don't revisit this. I don't know. This is not revisited. 
anymore throughout the oh not the not the, not tonight's episode not no tonight's episode no and in fact this is, spoiler this is the last time we're gonna see gunner in this show yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah which is annoying as hell to me especially being a whatever i'll get especially into that, since I'll, he, I'll get he into brought that the military fatigue yeah <laughs> That, anyway, that's really aggravating to me. We're, we're not going to see Gunner again. We have a six-man tag match wherein Loki, Crazy Steve, and T. Gray Uno. Loki is joined by two jobbers to take on DJ Z, Homicide, Manic. Hey, why? <laughs> why are we? Why? Well, Loki and Crazy Steve are very close backstage, and. DJ Z came up in that earlier backstage segment and said, me, Homicide, and Manic are going to really lay it down on you. You don't even have a tag team partner. And then Tigre Uno showed up, and Taz was like, one tiger. And Tigre Uno was like, that's me. And he said that he would join Stephen Loki. And so that's how we got this match. Oh, wait, none of that happened. No. So this is just a thing that's happening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I don't know if any of that would have helped either. But it, yeah. You say that, but we get a lot of other stupid backstage segments yeah. all the time on TNA programming. We do. In- including a Rhino promo. Hey. Are, are you telling me that that wouldn't have helped more than the Rhino promo that was like... <laughs> I heard John Pollock describe it as if a South Park like guy wrote promos for wrestling. Like, yeah. I'm going to take your head off and stick a firecracker in your bowels so that the 4th of July comes out your asshole and you're going to die and then I'm going to gore you. Yeah, that is pretty much it. I, I heard Pollock say that earlier today and I was like, yeah, that's pretty much spot on. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, the six-man tag match, which is a fine match. It's just for no stakes and doesn't tell any story, and is of no significance, and probably should have opened the show. If, yeah. yeah. Where this is in the card, and for the no stakes of this match, should have opened the show. Yeah, easily. Anything other than your world champion opening up the show is a good fucking idea. Yeah. What is it with TNA and doing that? God damn. Like, they, they've done this world champion opens the show thing. Stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. A disaster kick from low key, which looks real nasty. It's like it's a springboard in Zaguri, but like I, I'm calling it a disaster kick. Springboard in Zaguri, which is probably what low key would call it, into a key crusher on Manic is your finish. Right. Pretty good match. You know, low key's offense just is so rough. It, it's stiff, and he does work snug. And I mean, there are people who are don't like his work style. Like wrestlers and stuff who don't like his work style because he's a little rough to work with, but man, it just—it looks great. It really does look great. I'd, I here's my thing. Okay, sure. This, this was a—it was a decent match. Right, you're right. I guess whatever. Uh, I crazy Steve, hilarious stuff outside of the ring. Um, Homicide does some kind of strong style. Uh, Comparatively speaking, in in this in this match, I guess he's a strong style. He doesn't style. do that much. Yeah, he doesn't do a whole he, lot. No, he just does like a back elbow. Um, I, there's not like there's not like forearm exchanges in the center of the ring, are there? Not a lot. Not that I recall. DJ Z's all right. Tigre Uno's good in the very beginning. The whole he can match. Do stuff. He's actually, Tigre Uno's he's, really good. His little like his little springboard ropes move that he does yeah. where he jumps from the inside to the outside that's very impressive he's no, a no, wonderfully nimble guy it's good stuff 
Um, most of this was about Loki and Manic, it seemed like. Most of it. Right. Um, which I love. Which is the interesting angle. Right. Those would be the two guys you'd want to see wrestle. Yeah, I would love to yeah. just have seen a Loki-Manic match. That would have been awesome. But I would almost like it if they had been booking... I don't think they're committed to Loki. I don't think he's a long-term addition to this roster. But I would have loved to have seen him as your X-Division champion and as a heel. So we establish this very, very vicious Loki. And yeah. just take take his his already kind of stiff and rough-looking offense and put it over as he's vicious, he's unrelenting, he is here to hurt his opponents, and who can stop this guy? The masked man. And, yeah, the masked manic. Yeah, there you go. You, and you know what... Um one thing that he doesn't do that every other person in X in the X division does, he doesn't do that weird thing where it's like, um, okay, I'm going to throw you outside and jump on you. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of get it's your lucha lucha. I know, yeah, I know. You know, you either willing I to get go, it, yeah, yeah. But I don't need to see it. Like they did it f- four times in a row on this match, and it was just annoying. They're like, okay, I'm going to throw you out and jump on you. Now I'm going to throw you out and jump on. Now I've got you, and I'm going to throw you. I'll tell you what, these luchadors need to scout that better because they keep getting thrown outside the ring and every single time... And it's like they they just don't know they're getting jumped on. They just don't know that the jump's coming next. (laughs) Amazingly enough... (laughs) This guy's coming over the ropes. He's coming right at me. Oh, my God. I really do hope that they do something with Manic or stick with Manic, and I don't think that they will. No, but I, no, I really no, I wish that it. they'd stick with they, Manic. They Manic's him like a, so good. You know, he's their Sin Cara. He's, he's a much better version of Sin Cara, but he's their Sin Cara. He's, he's not, so good. He's just like a character thing that they don't actually view as like a real wrestler uh, because they own the gimmick. Like the company owns the gimmick. It's not right. actually that guy's gimmick. Right. That, that's my understanding of the situation. Yeah. Anyways, next we get Bobby Roode and Eric Young. Bobby Roode's. This is not so much good as it is long. And it is long. And it goes on a while. And Bobby Roode and Eric Young decide that they're going to have a number one contenders match after a backstage meeting with Kurt Angle that Kurt Angle is very, very coy about. (laughs) Plays it needlessly, plays it close to his vest, and then tells us we're going to see it right after this. TNA and time, man. TNA and time. Yeah. What, yeah what, what the fuck is I'm going gonna on? I'm going to tell you about this right here next. 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 Their weird relationship with time. So Bobby Roode and Eric Young say that they are each other's favorites and that they love each other so much and that Eric Young thinks that Bobby Roode's the world's best wrestler, but next week he is going to be better. And that is pretty much the whole promo summed up in about a minute in what went on for 10. In he, Literally ten minutes. Yeah, I t- it's like you nine t- minutes and forty seconds. You or realize like that. it's only a few minutes shorter than than the our main, main event. event. Yeah, yeah, which is madness. Just madness. Don't get me wrong. I like that we are tapping the brakes on Bobby Roode versus Eric Young, and we did this build. And, I, and in terms of that, in terms of we're not just going to give you bleh, the number one contenders match this week. We're actually going to wait a week, and we're going to build this up, and we're going to address it, but we're going to make you want to see it next week. I like that. I think that's good. The thing I didn't like is I didn't need to see this much of it played out in the ring. Yeah, we had two, two spots with... Um uh, in the office, and then Eric we Young. had one in ring. I just need Eric Young to come down to the ring. Angle and Root are there, and you know, they're talking, and Bobby says to Eric, I have nothing but the utmost respect for you. Eric says, I have nothing but the utmost respect for you. And then EY's eyes lit up, and he goes, you know, I'm crazy. 
and I've got a crazy idea. I know what we can do. Next week, we'll have a number one contenders match right here in the ring. Uh, yeah, you know, whatever. And Bobby Roode, you know, says I falls count anywhere. <laughs> falls count anywhere. Trash cans. Because you of, know, if Ey says it, he's just going to throw in something at the end. Trash cans of death match. Yeah, <laughs> trash cans filled with nails. <laughs> stairway to drills match. <laughs> We're best friends. This must be settled in a stairway to drills match. Chainsaw on a pole match. <laughs> You can't win unless you use the chainsaw on yeah. your opponent. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> People love that shit. Oh, crazy. <laughs> or actually, you know what? Give this to your crowd what they want. <laughs> Loser must be lit on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Loser on fire match. Loser on fire. I mean, that's just good fundamental wrestling. Oh, God. Good fundamental wrestling. Rhino versus EC3 is... Oh, oh. What? wait, wait. No, what, no, what, no, what, no. What, what, what? Oh, God damn it. The great Sonata. James Storm and the Great Sonata. No, no, not yet. Not yet? There's that, but that comes after after that. You're missing the bromance spot. Oh, okay. Let's not miss the bromance backstage spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is where my notes got a little bit hinky because of uh, the way we viewed last night. Yeah, no. So we got this bromance spot here. The bromance are in the back playing with Tinder. Which, if you are not familiar with Tinder, Tinder is an online dating app, and the way it, it's essentially a dating game. It's like a mobile game, mobile game, and you use it for dating. You need a Facebook account to link into Tinder. You set up like a little profile or whatever, and then it's a matching game. You look at ladies' pictures or guys' pictures, if that's your thing, and you click yes, 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 or no, 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 yes, no, yes, no. And you go through and just vote and vote down. Now, if the other person you voted yes on also votes yes on you, boom, you've made a match, at which point you can message them, and then like there's about like a 40% chance they might message you back. But you made a match with them, and so that makes you feel good. There's a trick to playing Tinder, but that's a, that's a different thing. It's a th- things you got to keep close to the vest here. Anyways, the bromance are backstage, and they are playing a Tinder race. They are playing the Tinder games, which is actually an extremely fun reference to the Hunger Games. I, my, my whole thing with this, I love this segment. I think this is actually very hip. This is very funny. It's hilarious. It, yeah, it's really funny. And TNA does comedy will leaps and bounds better than WWE. Yeah. TNA's comedy is so much fucking funnier. And the bromance in EC3 and actually a lot of the stuff on Explosion is like legitimately funny. Spud. Ma- makes me... yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're little panel things. Yeah. Whenever they do the panel with Jeremy Borash, it's the bromance... EC3 Spud and like sometimes they'll bring in Loki or they'll bring in like Sonata they'll bring in other like other people to play the straight man but right. TNA's funny guys are actually legitimately funny guys yeah. no and bromans are hilarious man they really are Tinderellas they're, they're looking for Tinderellas Tinderellas and the whole point of the Tinder games was to have the most Tinder matches by the end of a set amount of time and DJZ counts it down. We hit it. But the, the real punchline here, the whole point of this story, is that Robbie made a match with a knockout, and he's already got a date with her, which, good for you, Robbie. It's not that easy to get a date on Tinder. <laughs> Making a match is one thing. Actually transferring that into a date is a whole other ball of wax. And apparently, so does Jesse. So next week, we're going to find out who Jesse and Robbie are going on a date with. And you may fucking hate this, but I actually thought this whole thing was quite funny. It's probably Brooke. It's how we're going to get Brooke back on TV. I don't know. I thought it was hilarious. And I think it's hilarious at the same time as, like, they have... We have something 
they have a thing online right now where they're doing a date. You can date a bro man. Yeah, you can date a bro man. I, I was thinking about throwing a wig on, maybe uh, sending in a video and seeing if I could date a bro man. Um, no? Uh, no? I just want to go to a taping, uh, that's all. If you I mean, you hey, know, here's the, here's, I, I'll do what I got to do to go I see a TNA taping, whatever, I guess. Dude, whatever type of lifestyle you want to live... At this point, you know, Obama, gay marriage, they're they're letting it all happen. <laughs> Obama. You, you can do whatever you want now these days because Obama. Yeah. So uh, if you want that, you can um, go and get gay married to Jesse Goddard and live in, uh, what's a gay marriage state? Iowa? I think they're doing gay marriage <laughs> Iowa. No, I think the judges, they, that, that state was where the judges. Uh, maybe. You can you, you go there. You can go there. This is just 2014, my friend. And I encourage you to do whatever and... I hope that you find love, however you find it. I appreciate it. your support. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, up next, we have the, the great Sonata. Sonata Dust. No, EC3. Oh, no, EC3 and the Rhino? Yeah. Yeah, okay. The slow stiffness of EC3 and Rhino. Oh, this match is about five minutes, and it feels a lot longer because it's not a good match. It's and not. I love EC3, but I'll tell you what. I'm fucking ready for this guy to have an actual match some week. Yeah. I, I love him. It, you you hear almost nothing but uncategorical support from me on this show to EC3. But I'm fucking sick of this guy never having a real match against anyone. Yeah. It's, and- it's been months and months and months. And he, like, the Bully Ray, the Bully Ray versus EC3 thing, I, I, that was a good match. And I get that. That was a good trash match. Like that's that's fine, but he hasn't had a real technical classic. He hasn't had a match against a guy like Austin Aries or Bobby Roode right. or something where right. technical real wrestling happens, and that really needs to happen at this point. Yeah, it, it just needs to happen. And, and the thing is, you hear all the time for like. You know, backstage talking and whatever, whatever rumors of how great he is. He sits under the learning tree. He's nothing but a sponge. Yeah, he's funny. He's quick witted. He's yeah, dude. I think he's. I think he's a main event player guy. I really do. I just in this entire push of him, he does not have a signature match that you can point to that goes, yeah, this guy's legit because he has these fluky wins over departing guys. Like he has a fluky win. Over Kurt Angle, he has a fluky win over Sting. He had like he beat Sting in a tag match and like cheated to get the pin over Sting in a tag match. Right, that's how Sting put him over. I mean, these are all these are all like sort of fluke. The hardcore American icon. Who is the uh, the other one? He beat the hard. Oh, he beat Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was a legit match. And he, had, but that was actually on like one night only. And I think but those were hardcore matches, and to me, that's a horse of a different color. <laughs> yeah, and whenever you're making a name for yourself, I prefer most trash matches. Yeah, it, like you know, they're they're fine, but that's they're fine within a story where there's a real grudge. When right. it's just this week, we're gonna go and hit each other with trash. Like it, it's dumb. It's dumb. I want to see you guys going and grabbing stuff under the ring because you're so angry at each other that regular boots and punches just won't do anymore. I need to hit this fucking guy over the head with a chair. Yeah. 
because I hate him. Because we have built up so much equity at this point where it's not about winning a belt anymore. Right. It's this not is about, the grudge. Yeah. This is the to quote blood one day, feud. It's not about beating Brock Lesnar. It's about beating Brock Lesnar's ass. Right. That's why there should be a trash match. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what I want at Night of Champions or whatever. I'm just I'm saying you have a hardcore match when you can't fucking stand a person so much anymore that I need to have access to weapons. Right. I, I'm going to need This has that. gotten so big. <laughs> this time I'm fucking putting him through a table. Right. Not, you know, we're going to have a trash match to figure out who the king of New York is. No. That's stupid. So, anyways, here's... If you want to speak about stupid, guess what happens? Rhino wins, albeit by DQ, but Rhino fucking wins. EC3 gets himself disqualified. With in, chairs. With or, chairs. Yeah, with a chair. In what was billed as a grudge match, which is weird. It's just like grudge, because Angle even calls it earlier. It's like EC3 versus Rhino. Grudge in match. a grudge match. That's You're not right. a stipulation, but it's even said yeah. like a stipulation. Like, theoretically, all these people shouldn't like each other on the roster. <laughs> for some reason or another. They're all going for the same thing. Yeah, they, so. There's that, too. But, yeah, you, you work with these guys for a year, and you've got a good enough reason to not like pretty much everyone on the roster. It, 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 through the narratives. So, anyways, Rhino wins. Rhino, like, now, gr- granted, it protects EC3 from being pinned or submitted, and you can say that EC3 cost himself the match. Right. That's fine. He's he still just fucking didn't care. lost. He's still fucking lost. And the whole thing with him was to have an undefeated he, Yeah, streak. he's not undefeated. Yeah, no, he's... Technically not undefeated. No, he's not undefeated. And so, it's not even a huge technically, really. No, not, so this was a dumb, is what I'm saying. I'm not hiding behind yeah, that. Yeah, this, this was a real dumb. Um... The biggest thing that I cared about, honestly, out of this was the Spud reaction at the end where he's, like, trying to tell... Sir! Uh, sir, no! Calm down, calm down, calm down, and trying to get him to chill like, out. Spud so that is over with this crowd. Spud is over with Spud most crowds. Is so Spud over. is over. Yeah. And I had I read a uh, an interview that he did recently where he's talking about his future in TNA and how he he doesn't want to be part of the X Division at all. Okay. So here's my question to you. Okay. How does he prevent from can, becoming Virgil? Can Spud beat Lashley for the championship? No. Why? But he he's could. fucking Virgil right he now. Could. He's he Virgil. Could. EC3 is DiBiase. <laughs> Spud is Virgil. No, I'm, not. I, I, I'm not entirely convinced. I know that Spud is over, and Spud's performances have been really awesome, and I like Spud a lot, and I think Spud is much, 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 much more talented than Virgil. Yes. It's not not even close. The fact that Spud can talk automatically makes Spud much more compelling than Virgil. I'm all for that. But is there a lot of interest for me in a Spud versus Aries program? No. no. Is there interest for me in a Spud versus Bobby Roode program? No. No. Is there I, interest for me? Spud versus Eric Young could be an entertaining undercard feud. Spud uh, versus EC3 grudge match could be a good thing to work into Bound for Glory. If you, I, But I don't think that you can book Spud strong enough that he's actually a legit contender in the heavyweight picture scene he i i totally agree the thing is he wants to be booked as you know this small guy amongst the trees i don't know how long killer wait he's not spike dudley i like spud but he ain't spike i i don't know how long that lasts though if you want that to be your character if that's going to be your character then you're a valet for life 
Or as the general, simple as that. The general manager of of Impact Wrestling. You could be there. You could be valet. Which, you could do things I, like yeah, that, but you be, won't yeah, be a wrestler. Manager, commissioner, commissioner Spud. Actually, it, it, there's a, there's a lot of fun things you could do with this guy, but I think he's just primarily a talker. You can have him. We did get into squash matches. We did visit the <gasps> the uh, the thought of bringing in the intergender championship. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Inter, just for Spud, turning Spud into the intergender champion. God, that would be amazingly be hilarious. I, I will give you that. But the, yeah, in terms of Spud as a main event player, and no. if he actually, no, I just don't it, even it see him ever be really being a wrestler. You, Wrestler, wrestler. And, and, and He's one of my favorite guys. Think about what your company too. Like, could you imagine WWE turn? It, that's this is. It's not David Arquette as your WCW World Champion, bad, but it it's is getting there. It hurts. Yeah, it's yeah, not it's good. There. You're it's disrespecting good. your belt almost. Yeah, in a way, you, you, you know what you I mean. You are. I, I mean, because you just can't book this. He's not a good enough worker. Now, Spud could do like 450 splashes and like. Somersault DDTs and all sorts of like very yeah. If there's something that he's hiding, dynamic, high risk stuff like Rey Mysterio back when he was really good, like early 2000, right? It, you know, late WCW when he was, he was just so good. If there was stuff like that, and Spike could do that, even then it's an uphill battle. It was yeah. an uphill battle to make Rey Mysterio a credible champion in WWE, and, and Vince, even then, Vince most was never people, really committed yeah. to that, but. I, that was that level of a worker. I don't think Spud has that. That's not to say that I don't think Spud's talented. I just don't think that Spud could ever be that guy for you. So I, I don't know. It's an interesting. It's an interesting thought. Uh, but I think Spud's in the perfect role right now, and I, I could see him doing other things that are similar to this. Having new friends that he manages. Having him be a distraction, a distractionary twerp for other people. Right. I actually enjoyed that one. I only when he and Bully Ray were tagged up together. That was a fun dynamic. The one night only Joker's Wild Tag Tournament. Oh, uh, it's like two. Yeah, it's like two one night onlys ago. Three. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a while ago, but that was actually quite funny, and yeah. it involves one of my favorite battle royal performances of all time. Where Spud crawls underneath the turnbuckle and just hides. And just hides. Yeah. <laughs> he hugs the bottom turnbuckle. It's hilarious. Uh, one of my favorite Battle Royal performances of all time. <laughs> Next, we have Great Sonata, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So James Storm comes out, introduces the Great Sonata, and. As the first of many. As the first of many. Yeah. So Storm's team, is Legion, is going to be growing. Who will be joining Storm's Legion is an uh, interesting question. The people that need a rebirth. Uh, y- yes, the, the, the people who need rebirthening. I understand that. Rebirthanizing. Yeah, they yes. need to be rebirthed. I, I appreciate that. I'd... Who would be other people who need to be rebirthed on this roster? Let's play that game. Um, I mean, there's, there's Anderson, a bunch of... Anderson desperately needs a rebirth, yeah. but the Anderson but storm angle is you real fresh. Yeah, you, yeah, can't, you can't go that way. But that we, place you right know, now. it's funny too because we every time we talk about who needs like we always talk about Anderson and Storm like on the show and off the show about how like they should be paired together, but the way they booked it, they've been like booked adversarially to each other. And yeah, it's I not, don't get it. It doesn't I mean. make sense. Theoretically, Sam Shaw could be a guy. Who would be fun? You continue Sam Shaw on this journey, and you can make it a much longer story about Sam Shaw trying to find a core, some sort of core thing to hold on to. And so next, after being betrayed by Gunner, 
which is what it looks like is going to happen. You have Sam Shaw captured by James Storm, who drinks beer, is bloated, and yells at Sam Shaw for a long time and hits him. And Sonata will be over there doing a real shitty Great Muda impression. I I could see him maybe trying to save the bromance. No, I think the bromans are pretty much a fixed unit. No, they are, but I can see him trying to, like yeah. going at them and like giving them like the uh, the spiel. It would be fun Here's to see the bromans shrug it off, yeah. like to have a backstage vignette, yeah, exactly. Wherein he approaches the bromans and like Jesse like pulls up a mirror and starts like looking at his arm muscles and going like, "I think I need more definition down here, in my lower arm." What do you think, bro? <laughs> and Storm just gets kind of like fed up and trots off. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of places they could go with like some of the menagerie people. Um, who the freak? I don't. Uh, and like Nux. I mean, if you wanted to completely rebirth Nux, fine. But I think if you're going to rebirth Nux, then the the other thing, I guess you could retool Steve and make yeah. Steve into evil clown. But I don't know. It seems too on the nose. I'm just saying. Like <laughs> th- th- these are the places that I. I I would guess that they would be looking... um, I guess the other point of this is, as we're discussing this, this roster is not deep enough for James Storm to assemble a faction. Yeah. And they're not hiring. There's not enough people on this roster right now for James Storm to be establishing faction. I I mean, Homicide? Are you going to save Homicide? He's a rental. rental. Yeah. Uh, I don't don't know. I don't know who you're saving, man. Are you going to save the Wolves? No. Are you going to save Jeff Hardy? Maybe. You could, that'd be interesting. That would be an interesting like angle be, to try to go at. It, if you had Hardy and Sonata as James Storm's henchmen, but that almost seems completely counterproductive. Like the reason they turned he Jeff, sneaks out as Willow every once in a while. They turned <laughs> Jeff Hardy know. back into Jeff Hardy so that they'd have marketability. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I mean, I, I don't have the uh, uh, the roster in front of me, but I I know it pretty well, man. And uh, I'm, I'm not seeing. I'm know Samoa it pretty well Joe? too. I mean, Jesus Christ, you can't go Samoa no. Joe. He's too big of a name. No, you can't. That's uh, not gonna work. Um, Kenny dude, King, Anderson, Kenny King. I get. I don't think Kenny King could pull off a zombie character. Though I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm understating Kenny King's abilities, but that almost seems too much of a stretch Manic. to have him going from being the bombastic guy. Manic, yeah, maybe. Um, Tigre Uno, I guess you could repackage into a complete heel monster. You just monster. Changed, changed the colors. Yeah, I mean. Changed his color scheme. Have him be more Tigre? <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't, <laughs> I really don't know. Have him be more than one Tigre. <laughs> tiger do- Tigre Dose. Tigre Dose. <laughs> Evil Tigre Dose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So this match between Aries and Sonata goes all of six minutes or just under six minutes. Yeah. And the one the only bright spot I can say about this is I actually like Sonata's new finisher, which and the match ends or I guess this is his finisher, but I like the finish a lot. The match ends with Aries on his knees. Sonata delivers a shuffle side kick directly to the jaw of Ares from a kneeling position. So if you were to take the last call super kick and add it to a shining wizard and divide it by two, that's what you got here. You have like the perfect mixture of a last call super kick and a shining wizard, which is the James Storm and the Great Muda finishes right. respectively. Uh, a shining, su- I don't know. Shining super kick, I don't shining know. kick. Yeah. Shining, shining he- kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shining heel. 
Yeah. Tiny Hito. It's, it's it's almost like what Del Rio does, uh, or the the Alberto Del Rio cross maybe. kick. But maybe yeah, Del Rio is who he's gonna save. Yeah, that would be great. Alberto Del Rio comes in and is saved by James Storm. Yeah. Boy, I need um, to see that. I, here's here's one of the things that annoyed me. I guess it, it was a decent match. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, one. Well, okay, one. Uh, I'll, I mean, minus that, the fact that, that this should this should have been a jobber and not Austin Aries. That's yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But are you be the hottest guy in the company? It should have <laughs> burying the hottest guy in the company. It should have been sold smart. better. It should have been. Uh, they should have. The commentary did not measure up to what they needed to be doing during this match because during the match there were definite moments where. Um, Sonata does something, and then or great Sonata does something, and then he turns ridiculous. to, and then he turns to um, Storm. Storm, and Storm yells something at him, points at him, or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and the control section starts right after Storm and gives that's him the when, redirect. Exactly, yeah, and then yeah. he gets the redirect, and that's never really sold by nope, the commentary nope. at all. And it's like no, you, you know, caught that and, and brought that up to me, right? Yeah, and it's like you know he just went to his mentor, got mentored. And then schooled Aries for like took back over a second or so, you know, thirty seconds or so, and you didn't sell that at all. And they did go back and forth. It was like my here's my control section, here's your control section, here's my control section, here's yours, and then you know, uh, eventually there's a distraction, right? And the storm distracts, and they don't even sell that very well, which allows for the mist, which. Which I'm allows so, for the kick, which the, the shiny the kick, kick, I guess, whatever we're calling it. Apparently, spitting mist in your opponents. I know, I, I guys, don't tell me about Muda matches. I'm familiar with Muda match, but apparently, spitting mist in your opponent's face is not a disqualifiable offense. He didn't see it. They tried to sell that the ref there's didn't see it. There's still green mist on fucking Aries. There's green mist where all over his get, chest, and there's green from? mist all. Yeah. Again, we just we just came out of a match where EC3 hit Rhino with the chair. Yeah, that's the only reason I'm, I'm bringing this up because we just had a disqualification. Finish. Right. It's so I, I don't know. It, it, it's silly to me. Uh, I, I get where we're going, and I get that you want to have Storm interfere to protect Ares, um, so that you don't make Ares look like a complete, yeah, definitely to I, make him look like a goon. That's but here's fine. The whole thing. Fuck that. Don't even have Aries in this match. Yeah. Have a squash match. Yeah. Have the great Sonata dismantle Dewey Barnes. Who is the, the, the dearly departed Dewey Barnes? Have the great Sonata dismantle Dewey Barnes for about five minutes, or like four minutes, and you know have Dewey do his super ultra generic hope spots. Have him try to get this New York crowd going. You know, there's ways to get Dewey over. Dewey Dewey actually does a pretty decent job connecting with crowds. I well, I mean, and and but, Dewey's just a, really an example. There's plenty of other yeah, places be, that they, that you could have gone with this. They did not need to go this route. Yeah. No way. No way. Um, this was silly. There's actually not that many other places they could have gone with this because they've called the roster so much that they don't have enhancement talents. Well, no, you just wasted six guys earlier in the show. That's you, true. You could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any six of them. Now, now that, you know what? To the, to, that's a really good point. You could have had T. Gray Uno in this spot. And T. Gray Uno and Sonata had that series yeah. earlier this year. You bring that up, and T. Gray Uno goes for the handshake. Sonata immediately kicks the hand right out of the way. And, and just stomps you. And just you. destroys T. Gray Uno. Yeah, it's yeah. a stomp match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so it's... It, it, you use T. Gray Uno in that enhancement talent capacity. That yeah. would make some sense. But we didn't get that. Instead, we 
I wouldn't say buried. We didn't help one of the hottest guys in the company, one of your most over baby faces. We made him kind of look like a dupe. And, oh, by the way, the great Sonata color scheme is all over the place. His pants are still the multicolored fucking Technicolor dream coat that he was wearing last week, but they're like a modified version of the Technicolor dream coat that he normally wears, which is fine when you're babyface. He's colorful. He's from Japan, and they wear lots of colors. I get all of that. But so we have like this blue, red, silver, all sorts of colors happening on his fucking pants. His face. Black and yellow face paint. Black and yellow, which you always associate with great Muda. No. You don't. Uh, you associate golden fucking yellow with gold dust and stardust. And, and then, oh, by the way, he's got red hair. So we've got all these different fucking colors yeah. going on. And it's just like, here's the deal. You're a heel now. Black. Bad should, guys wear black. Bad guys wear black. And a cowboy should know that. And one color. <laughs> like, like w- maybe one color. Black and yellow. Yeah, if you want to go black and yellow, it's fine. fine. You Sonata dust. Put, put know, some what? yellow uh, yeah. crosses on the side yeah, of you. you. <laughs> put some crosses on it. Heels, <laughs> heels wear crosses, you see. <laughs> they love Jesus. Yeah. Like all heels. Well, I mean, James Storm is his mentor. <laughs> Don't fucking get me started on that. <laughs> Don't. So, so anyways, I, I just, I, I hated, it's like, the funny part is, if you see Sonata's heel work in Japan, he does a good sort of demon-looking character, and I thought that the face, the stone, stoic face was good, Sonata can do this role, it's just that, like, he looks so fucking goofy this week, I, I, it was hard for me to take him seriously. Get the- if James Storm is, in, is his mentor, why is he acting like the Great Muda? Why? If the whole point of joining James Storm was a visceral rejection of your teacher, your, who you were the protege of, I, I, why fucking emulate him? Because James Storm wants him to make fun of Muda. I guess, and they're but trying to not warm enough this, of that has been told. And they're trying to warm this up early, I guess, for the Bound for Glory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that, that's the only I, I real hope, route that I would I hope say. That, would be the, that would be the thing, but... Um, that's the only way that that could yeah, work. Yeah, it's the only, the only way. I mean, I would hope that that would be the case, but it's... But it's, you dress him up right... I don't. If you dress him up right and you explain this a little bit more, the James Storm stuff a little bit more, which I think might come soon. Hope this comes match soon. is not booked well. It, it sort of um, it, the, it's right. like the wrestling was bad because actually the wrestling was good. That's what uh, I'm saying. This if, is like the the inverse of the Madison Rain and Terrence Terrell match, which right. was booked well, executed poorly. Right. This was executed well. It was just fucking garbage to execute. Yeah. It was just like a lot of garbage. I don't have a problem with his heel work. I don't have a problem with Aries' babyface work. I don't have any problem with the way that they orchestrated their match together. It could have been better. Aries a little bit. The, the well, guy, the, the, wearing a cape that says the greatest man who ever lived is not really a babyface. No, but, that is true. Y- y- yeah, but and, well, wearing a cape isn't really babyface. Also, also his um, sitting on the ropes move that, that, that's a, that's a heelish a little, move to me i think that is heelish but it's a little bit more forgivable in an anti-hero people like guys who have swagger people yeah. like a winner and, and aries feels like a winner particularly when it's like i'm not even i'm not even really in second <sighs> gear yet however i'm not he, as high on aries when, as you are when he I, does that and he been. loses it looks stupid yeah. i agree with that I, I i'm actually very high on aries i think i aries. know aries. and no one he's grown on me i, I actually I, I just i think that he's a He's in got going, a lot of mileage. In going back and watching some of the Bobby Roode, Aries stuff, it, it I'm just... I, I, to me, I'm like, Bobby Roode made that 
hilarious and made that kind of go together Bobby a lot better. Good comedic timing. Yeah, Bobby Roode has very good comedic timing. I like his heel work. I like. Not, I don't know. I, I could Aries and Bobby Roode are really what keep me coming back to the well week in week out. There's some of it. There's some other guys on here. I, I no, still, there's other guys in yeah. the roster who are great, but but I mean, a, it, I could a lot of which we'll get to in the main event. To be honest, sure, with you. sure. Okay, yeah. let's let's move on. Chris Melendez introduction. Yeah, let's. I mean, there's not so much to say. This is a feel good story. They they've gotten some positive attention in New York City for this story. I think that they TNA wanted to create a human interest story, and I think that they slightly overplayed it in the way that commentary, not heinously, so that they burned up goodwill or anything like that. I just felt like there was a little. A little too much on the noseness of Mike Tanay, kind of like hitting you with the subtlety hammer, to use a Joe Lanza term. Hitting you with the subtlety hammer of, isn't it so fucking great that we have this wounded warrior? Isn't it so awesome? He's a wounded warrior. Uh, but I, He's I mean, an amputee. He's an amputee. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So many different ways to tell us that this guy does not have a leg, and he will be wrestling. So that's fine. Hopefully he can go in the ring. We we haven't seen it yet. I, I, I've not seen really any reports on his in-ring prowess. We just get an extended Chris Melendez introduction where Kurt Angle welcomes out Chris Melendez. Melendez comes out to his theme, which is, you know, star-spangled, military, doo-doo-doo. Man, love USA. It's what you expect. But here's what you would also expect in the ring. His trainers, and they're there. Bully Ray and Devon, who trained Chris Melendez for free, which is really cool of them. Yeah, it's awesome. That's really awesome. Yeah. Ken Anderson, who served in the military as well. Right? And is kind of the guy that found him. Yeah, and he's a wounded warrior. Kind of the talent yeah, finder there. He's a wounded warrior guy, and he was the guy, yeah, who helped kind of get him in with Bully Ray and Devon. So very helpful in Chris Melendez's journey and does a lot of work with the Wounded Warrior Foundation. Once again, awesome. Cool. So you know who else should be here? I do. Oh, uh, it would be Gunner. The gunman. Yeah, the, the guy, our, our Iraq war veteran who has PTSD and has a friend, as he's told Sam Shaw, who sometimes can't sleep at night because of terrible dreams that he has. Yeah. I hate, I feel bad making light of it, but I, there's just like, some of the things they make Gunner say are so ridiculous. It, it's hard not to laugh. But Gunner's not there. There is no Gunner. Even though Gunner said that he was going to be dressed up and ready to go, apparently Sam Shaw donning Gunner's clothing, his military uniform, just poisoned the well. Gunner yeah. Like, yeah, Gunner He's is just not, done with it. I'm not doing not anything now. Not fucking doing that. And I mean, you can question why the hell Anderson's in the ring, too. I, I mean, I get that it, it is Anderson's work with the Wounded Warrior Foundation and everything. But Anderson's currently being booked in a Shades of Grey storyline. Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily need to be over here getting strong it, would, baby face. It would make heat. more sense for Gunner than, yes. than Anderson. Yes. Yes. And by that the, you know, in the by Shades that of Grey storyline, as much as anyone can be anything in our Shades of Grey storyline, Gunner has felt like the baby face. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Anderson has felt like the heel. And Anderson has been the aggressor in this storyline. So Anderson, or Gunner should have been there. Anderson shouldn't have been. Not, and it would have fucking mattered one lick to Chris Melendez whether or not Anderson was in there in the ring or not. It, it, these are the silly things. Anyways, Melendez gets introduced. Good for the guy. I, I think it's. I think it is great that this guy has been able to find a second life after what I'm sure was truly an ordeal over in Iraq. Obviously, like yeah, traumatic, it, truly an ordeal. Um, yeah, and he was a young man who went through. A truly horrifying experience at under the age of 18. I mean, legally a man, but still very much in that 
Twilight between boy and man that you find yourself between 18 and 21 or 22. And right. he had horrific, life-altering things happen to him. And he's found renewed purpose and overcame real, true physical difficulties to become a professional wrestler. He may not be a great professional wrestler, but I applaud him as a person for doing what he did. At the same time, let's talk a little bit more about the TNA roster. How can the TNA roster support this guy? And I'm talking about in terms of enhancement talent. I'm talking about in terms of feud. I'm not just saying, like, this guy needs to be on the welfare dole. I'm saying that, like, this guy, you can't make him a jobber. You can't have the guy with... No, the he has to take some no, wins. He has, he has to, to win. He has to win. Steve will take a loss. He has to fight for um, under, but is he really going to feud with Crazy Steve? I mean, I he, mean I, he, if anything, it'd be like you start with the bromance. You have the bromance yeah. bully him, and you have him, like, work through DJZ, and you have him then work through Jesse and... Robbie E and you, you can feed him some of these undercard or what undercard heels you have but who is Chris Melendez going to wrestle on the regular who does he feud with how do you m- make this not tasteless going down the line Shaw I know Sam Shaw I don't know is it Shaw yeah I don't know is it or is it Anderson I don't know you have him have a feud with Ken Anderson because Melendez outside of the ring is very comfortable with Anderson Brittany bring him in as a heel oh I thought you were thinking to say Brittany no bring him in as a heel on September 11th (laughs) Like he's supposed to be having his he throws the flag he's supposed to be having his match his first match September 11th yeah Here's the and you missed this part. This part was sure. in the weird skippy craziness of our recording that we were watching. Um first let me say uh you know hey, it, great story. Mm-hmm. Um I, I prior military as well and I greatly appreciate any guy that's willing to go out and do these things. I, I have personal ideas of what I am willing to do whenever, like what I was willing to do whenever I went into the Navy. That was not go on the front line. Yeah, it, it um, was really weird that he kept saying, I wanted to go on the front lines. Like, I, that's, that's not normally that's a, what a lot of people say. Dream. But if that's, that's what you want to do, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. I, I, sure. I, to I, reach, I respect. Reach. I respect his willingness to do that, and I certainly will not act like that. It's not important. Thing. Yeah, yeah, but, but boy, that's a that's, weird that's thing. That's not to what articulate. I went in for. It's a but weird thing to articulate. Yeah, go go with it, brother. Here's the here's the big thing during um, during Angle's intro of Melendez, he starts to make this really awkward comparison of himself as a gold medal winner representing his country. To a guy who lost his leg, who lost his lower leg to an IED in Iraq and defending his country. He, he makes this comparison saying that these... and, and he Sir, does clean, Melinda he, should have won a gold medal? No, he cleans it up a little bit there towards you the know, end. And he I says, get what you're saying. And, you... and, and Angle says, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, what you did is way more than anything I ever did. Then why the fuck are you even saying it? It's a weird equivalency. Like, I, I didn't, I, I why get even it. bring it I up? I get it. He's an Olympic hero. And in a way, like an American hero to, to, to a certain subset. I mean, certainly an American hero with a tarnished legacy. Uh, Angle's just had so many problems. No, yeah, I, I, I get that. I'm still. I still think of the time he got stopped. Not that far from where we are right now. He was uh, on 380. He got stopped high on pills. Like, oh, was he? Yeah, he was on 380. He was not far from here on like a crazy drug fueled drive through to the country. 
Uh, you know, so, but you're going to compare yourself you're make this weird to equivalency. This, yeah, yeah, and th- that to, there was a moment that that really, and I like Kurt Angle a whole lot, but there was but a moment that that, that really did kind of like get under my it skin and piss me, me off. Yeah, it was just it was like weird. It's a weird thing to equivocate. Yeah, I, I, that was inappropriate. So we got that. And here's the crazy part. Now we're going to move into our main event. Our main event is the first in the championship series. Yeah, that, no, yeah, it was, uh, that's how I was about to jump. No, 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 three D, the three D versus 3D. the Hardys versus the Wolves. Yeah, the first match, which is a tag three way match, which you and I don't like because it's weird. The psychology of the team that is not in the ring tagging in always seems to be lacking. Of course, all three of these teams are complete professionals, so even that wasn't too clunky. Uh, yeah, they rise above. They rise above the weird stipulation. Yeah, God, it, God I hate. Three-way tags. Why not just do it like a tornado tag match? Like, I I just, I don't get it. Like, you know, the Texas tornado tag. Everyone is legal. Everyone's a legal man. And we are, you know, it's just, you you pin whoever you can pin. And it's a bit of a scramble. And it's spot fest. And guys are resting outside and, you know, getting ready for their next spots. And, boy, the one thing I will say about this match, everyone was in and out everyone knew what they were doing it was a professional match nobody was lost this ever was the the professional part of professional wrestling this is a professional wrestling match they they did it quite well it was dynamic great spots this is a this is a great match to watch you have jeff hardy in doing whispers in the wind you had matt hardy do a big old moonsault from the top rope to the outside that looked great and was protected wonderfully well by the- by 3D mostly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jeff was, but actually there. Jeff was protected well by the wolves when he went yeah. and did his little oh yeah outside yeah. There, God, that's got to be so nice when you're a wrestler and you're a high flying wrestler trust. and you just yeah. know whenever you take this jump, especially a moonsault or something like that. that Bubba where- Ray Dudley is going to be there to catch you and break your fall. Yeah, yeah. Bubba, Bubba and Devon are going to yeah. be there to get me, or Davey and Eddie are going to be there to get me, yeah. or Matt. Matt and Jeff are going to be there to no, get even they, they even they'll do it. A professional, good, good, solid match. Oh, it was yeah. it, it was just it was nice to just watch this uh, nice ebb and flow and real easy in and out of from this move to that move to this person to that person kept you guessing on who's going to win and when what's going to happen. This is clever booking in the sense that you kept the focus on the Wolves and the Hardys. Yeah, you did two things. One, prevented us from having to deal with the psychology of how the fuck are these guys tagging in and out of the ring when there's no reason for you to tag anyone other than your partner. Yeah. You just keep most of the matches, the Wolves versus the Hardys. But then it also sets up the finish, which is the Dudleys come in there and snake it out. Yeah. And get the 3D after essentially Matt Hardy almost had the match won. Yeah. After they kind of after the heavy lifting kind of had been done in yes. in the ring. Yeah, yeah. Matt was Matt was closing in on the win when he had the twist of fate and then Afterwards, one of the wolves, I think it's Eddie or is it Davey, gets walked right into a 3D, which Bubba Ray or Bully Ray slides up. Like his timing for this was just excellent. He comes like sneakily out, as sneaky as a small as a guy as his size can come into a ring, sneaks into the ring, and it's just like there. It almost doesn't look like he's gonna make it yeah, there on time. I know it's great. That's classic Dudley's. Yeah, that's classic was, Dudley's. Was, the, the the 3D. What's great about it is it is. Nearly out of nowhere, or it has an out of nowhere feel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, real good. Arguably, arguably the best finisher, the best two man finisher out there for a tag team. 
Uh, yeah. It's hard to find one that's more that well, you look at it and it's more just... bang for your buck is pretty sweet, dude. What do you mean? More bang for your buck, the Young Bucks finisher. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, 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 the, dude. The more bang for your buck is pretty fucking awesome. I, I, still, no. If we're talking like classics, like like pre two thousand or whatever, yeah, no, that's I mean, right up there. Yeah, and it's but, got some staying power, man. It still looks no, good. It still, it still looks I, good. I, I love it, especially with the six sided ring. You can hit that three D out of so many more angles, and so that now, opens up thing. more options. The six-sided ring, I believe, makes it even harder on this three-way tag thing. Because the three-way tag, when you have a four-sided ring, it's you know where... It's it's not as rounded off. Right. So you know where you're keeping those people away from. Well, you have the triangle. I mean, I don't actually think the six-sided... I mean, you just put the guys on a triangle. Well, but, but corner, now... Corner, corner, corner. But now you can't... Uh, now you can't like let's say I, I'm setting you up and I'm just throwing you off the uh, the the ropes or something mm-hmm. like that. I have to be really selective of which ropes yes, I'm throwing I as a you wrestler off have to of think a little bit harder and and stuff like that because I can't throw you off the ropes that are near another team that might be able to tag you and I can't throw you off tornado the ropes tag that are near tornado tag match. or elimination yeah, yeah, yeah. tag or well no like I mean you elimina- have to have at least three you have to have a, a participant of each team in the ring. Would be the way you would do this. Uh, my cat is joining us now in, in the podcast. Now joining us in the studio is none other than Hazy T Cat. Hazy T Cat. Hello, Hazy. Uh, Anything to add on this match? I, I like. Um, I it's like funny match. that Matt at the very He's end really is just angry pissed. Really He's angry. just pissed. Very angry. Matt I mean, he did do the heavy lifting, like sure. we said. It seems like. I, I, I mean, I, I I get that he's frustrated, but like in a match, the whole point of doing this was. Supposed to be like, wouldn't it be really neat if we had all these really great matches against each other? And I think it's way too early in the series to start telling the tale of one team starts getting legitimately pissed off. Yeah. That shouldn't happen until... No, not yet. It'd be the third match when one of these two teams, or one of these three teams does not have a win and their back's against the wall yeah. and they're in a must-win situation. Right, and they're, you're facing the other two you're, teams you're being must, able to get a two. Right, right, they're in a must. It's a must-win for that team and then you would have desperation. Out of that desperation, heel tactics come through, your true character comes through. Yeah. It's not that hard of a... Not that hard. Which is why I wouldn't... The psychology's not that which hard. Which is why I wouldn't think that 3D would win first. I thought that they would be the last to win. You know, this because is my the mistake. Ones that would, they're the stip- their stipulation, because the winner gets to name a stipulation. God, yeah. we love that. And their stipulation is so immediately obvious. There's going to be a tables match. Uh, yeah. New York's crowd loves tables matches. So you have a tables match next episode, uh, which presumably for all of these teams is later on today or when they were taping this. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So they had a 10 minute match. It's a bit short because you've got another match that you have to go out and have later. These are the limitations of TNA crunch, crunch taping. The, the, well, you can't actually give wrestlers time to go out and have 20 minute classics because you want to use them the next week and the roster's not deep enough that they can really get away without using those people. Yeah, the, that's why the real matches in this in this matchup aren't going to be until the four, the fourth match. Is it going to be until the fourth, <laughs> third and fourth match? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about those matches. <laughs> I'm real interested to see that fourth match, Brian. Yeah. That, that fourth match is a lot of intrigue for me. Well, the third and fourth match, you know what I mean. Whatever. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I'm saying however this match, however this thing is going to finish off has a lot of intrigue for me, considering one of our participants is no longer with the company. We don't have his yeah. contributions 
yeah. taped. So we'll see what happens. Um, Go to VoicesOfWrestling.com. Go on iTunes. Go on Stitcher. Please write this podcast feed a review. You help this show, which you might not, you may like or you may not like, but you also help shake them ropes in Wrestlespective and the flagship show. And you can put a review up there and get us increased visibility so that we stick out among all of the other many wrestling podcasts because VoicesOfWrestling.com truly is a one-stop shop for all things wrestling, American and Japanese Check it out if you aren't checking it out more already. A lot of great written reviews on there, too, man. There's a lot of content. We have a lot of content. You can follow me on Twitter at C-H-R-I-S-N-O-V-E-M-B-R-I-N-O. You can email the show at talktodrnove at gmail.com. And if you ever do, or if you ever call the show line, the show phone line, which you can hit me up and I'll, I'll give you the information for, we will run that stuff on the show and discuss any of your comments and questions. Until the next one, I am Dr. Nove. Thank you so much for listening, and cheers. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and, and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today.